Hello and welcome to the Paid Search Podcast. It's the weekly show about Google Ads. My name is Chris Schaefer. I'm here every week to talk to you about Google Ads. That is the sole purpose of this podcast. All about Google Ads. Okay, so I want to welcome you to the show. You can watch this show on YouTube. You can also subscribe to the channel there so that you won't miss a single episode every single week. I put it up there at the same time that the show goes live on podcasts. So if you're like me and you kind of like to watch your podcasts, you can see me there. I always have the videos. You also get to see a little bit of a snippet of me talking as you listen. I'm also on Twitter. You can find me at paid search pod on Twitter, also known as X. I want to get straight to it. I have several questions from people that I want to run through. And I have, as you've seen on the title of the episode, we're going to talk about the the cheapest traffic in Google ads, the cheapest traffic. I'm going to talk about what it is, how to get it and the advantages of using it. And we're going to go through this three sections of the show metric of the week. We're going to get into a question section and then going to dig into the topic section. The topic of the week is the meat of the episode. Be sure and stick around for that. Before I jump into the metric of the week, I want to remind you about the sponsor of the show, who is Optio. Optio.com slash PSP. That is the software that I personally recommend to you to get more done in Google Ads. You have a team of people that are working for you or it's just you. Doesn't matter. This tool scales with 100 clients or just one account. It's there to help you get more done. It alerts you, tells you if budget is going over, if bids are wrong, there's a certain keyword that suddenly has stopped producing. Suddenly your impressions have dropped to zero or your impressions are extremely high all of a sudden. And even detailed stuff like, hey, the the target ROAS here is way off. There's something off. We think you should do this or that. It's an amazing integrated system that works in your account. You just pull up Optio. It pulls data from your Google Ads account and shows you in a phenomenal layout so you can see what is going on in your account just to see things in a different light. Sometimes it's just really nice to be able to see your data with a different window, a different layout, different graphs and charts and it presents it all in a very easy to understand system. You can try it for free for eight weeks, two months at optio.com slash PSP. Use a little chat box down at the bottom of the page to tell them you heard about it from Chris Schaefer on the Paid Search Podcast. Okay, so with that behind us, let's talk about the metric of the week. The metric of the week actually comes from inspiration from Neil, who is apparently becoming a co-host of the show. Neil sending in questions. And I, I, I like a lot of them. I get a lot of questions and I don't answer all of them, but this just fit really well as a good question and it needs to be discussed. I'll read the question from Neil, who is on a mountain in Wales. Hi, Chris. I'm hearing a lot about Google advertiser verification. Could you please tell me what it is and if it's necessary for every account I run? 
I heard it was for specific LTD companies, not sole traders. Many thanks, Neil. All right, Neil. So first, let me say this. Verification is not new in Google Ads. So I know what kind of verification you're talking about. It's advertiser, Google Ads, advertiser verification. But verification is not new. For many, many years, you've had to have verification to sell medications on Google. You had to have a certain license. You have to be verified. You have to be approved to show and sell medications you know, as a pharmacy on Google Ads. So verification as a whole is not new. This kind of verification specifically has been rolling out to accounts for years now, probably about three, I think we're about three years now that we, the Google's been doing it. And I'll tell you, it's not gonna stop. This is gonna continue indefinitely for all accounts. It's very likely that every account will eventually be required to verify themselves with Google. Now there's some things that will speed that up for some accounts. Some accounts, Google may never get around to requiring verification and others will seem almost immediate. And the reason for that is because some keywords, some landing pages, websites, may be a little more on edge as far as the industry that they're in. Some things might be more misleading in the type of industry that they're selling things in and therefore might trigger a verification sooner. Other accounts might be serving on brand keywords, company searches, you know, like Coca-Cola and Nike, things like that. If you're showing up on things like that, you might be required to verify faster because Google doesn't want any confusion about who that company is and what their official website is. They want verification on those terms so that the end user, the searcher on Google will have a transparent understanding of who they're clicking on. Who is this ad by? Who is this company? Because you can put whatever headline you want and they don't want a deceptive environment for those advertisers to pretend they're someone else. Other things that might roll you into a faster verification might be if you're in the financial sector, healthcare, things like that. These are more restricted arenas and you might be uh, required to advertise your ads only if you're verified at some point. So why verify? Well, first of all, you have to verify if Google says you've been chosen. <laughs> Once you get that little email saying you must verify within X number of days, typically 30 days is what you start with, 30, 30, of 30 days to begin the verification. Once you get that email, the timer has started. So that's the first reason. You're going to stop, your ads are going to stop running and they will not hear a single word about, but, but, but I, I, or I can't, your ads will stop. And we won't even talk about what might happen if you try and negate that and set another account up somewhere else. I mean, we're talking banning and all kinds of bad things. So you don't want to do that. So that's the first reason is Google's going to require it. The other thing, if you could, you, you might volunteer to do it because you might want access to super premium types of ads like HTML5 ads. Those are very specific display ads that 
are very powerful, but Google's only going to allow a certain tier of advertiser to use those. So that might be one thing. The other thing is you might want to be able to show your business name and business logo with your text ads. That might be great. Also, your image ads could show that as well. So that's a little bonus that you would not get if you're not verified. That's something that Google holds back. So to answer your question, Neil, it is required for every account, but Google won't force that verification until they decide that, okay, you've passed the point that now you're going to have to be verified. And it's it's not super complicated. It requires some tax information. Usually once you submit it, it rolls out and is approved within 24 to 48 hours, I find. Uh, so it's usually pretty fast, but don't ignore those. Do not ignore those emails. They are 100% serious. They will shut down your ads. And for those of you that solely rely on Google Ads advertising to get your clientele, you cannot afford to stop running ads. So definitely take it seriously. Thank you for your question. If you would like to send a question, I have a website where you can grab an email address and send me a message. You can go to paid search podcast. Dot com paidsearchpodcast.com and you can send me an email you could also skip that whole thing and just go to paidsearchpodcast at gmail.com send me an email that is the official podcast email that I'm using seems to be working really well I get lots of emails that way really prefer it rather than a form on a website send me an email there and let me know what's on your mind about Google Ads how can this podcast be helpful to you Appreciate the feedback. So moving on now into the question section. This is the section that my listeners own. My listeners tell me what they'd like to hear about. And I'll tell you what, one area I don't talk about very much. I used to have a paid section where I talked more deeply about these things was the business of Google ads. But I no longer do that. I've, I've stopped that whole Patreon thing I used to do. It was for a limited time, and for those that got in, they're in, and that it's over. So I've had some questions about that, so just if you've ever wondered, the Patreon thing is over. Might come back someday, but I highly doubt it. I will, however, talk about this. We got a, I got a question from Gus, who is in Colorado, and I'll read the question here. I love your podcast, and I've been learning a ton from you. Thanks for sharing your knowledge so freely. Well, you're welcome. Happy to do it. I wish I had someone to share these things with me whenever I was younger, learning how to do Google ads. I found everyone to be extremely stingy and acting like, you know, this is only, this is sacred knowledge that cannot be shared. I'll tell you what, like I said many times, I'm trying to bring up the quality of the PPC world. It's a heavy lift <laughs> for one man, maybe 600 episodes and I will have accomplished a little bit. But doing my best. Let's continue with the email here. I'm just starting an ad agency, kind of by accident. I found a client I've been working with and really enjoying helping them solve their marketing problems. They're paying me by the hour at $50 per hour, which I'm fine with. But I know that at some point when things stabilize and get smooth, it won't take as much time to manage all the things. So I'll be making less and less over time. How do you determine how much to charge? Do you do hourly for ad management or do you do flat fee per month? 
How do you find a fee that is fair for you and the client? Okay, so as I said, this is a topic I don't bring up very much, but I'd love to dig in here a bit and, and you know, share a few things that I've learned along the way. Not opposed to bringing some of these things to light for those of you that are just getting started. So here is a bit about my journey to where I am now as a Google Ads Premier Partner, which is the highest standard you can reach in Google. And I just as a quick brag about myself, I, 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 of all the thousands and thousands of people that listen to this episode or, you know, this, this podcast, is anyone out there a sole manager on an account? You know, you have your own accounts, you're an agency and you have multiple accounts and you're a Google ads premier partner and it's literally just you and you have multiple accounts, not just one account, but you know, multiple accounts, you're handling multiple accounts. You take in new clients all the time and lose clients back and forth. I'd love to hear, is anyone else out there a premier partner, meaning you're, you're managing at the top level of Google ads and you'd work alone, 100% alone. You don't have employees. Reach out to me, paid search podcast at gmail.com. I'd love to see if there are anyone else's out there. Cause I have, I don't, I don't see it. I don't know if I'm alone. Most people have an agency, a team, they outsource something, you know, but I solely do 100% of the management by myself and I've achieved this by myself. I have no one I work with. That's all managed by me. So I don't know, just curious. So that, that's where I stand. You're looking at, you know, after 20 years of doing this, this is where I stand. So let me put it in context. Gus, getting paid by the hour is a good place to start. Okay, it's a good place to start. It is not the place that you want to end up. As you improve, you'll spend less time in Google Ads because you're more efficient, you're more effective, and also, as you said yourself, the campaign will start to stabilize. You have less that you have less emergencies, less to to worry about. Things, you know, just start to get fixed, you start to improve them. It's not always the case. Things absolutely go up and down, but in general, things do start to get a little easier to manage, okay? So, as you said, you're left with this issue of I, I'm now less of a value to this company, and you're absolutely right. People that hire by-the-hour managers are looking to minimize their manager expense in Google Ads. So therefore they will work with less experienced hourly hourly rate managers. A top tier Google Ads manager very rarely will be rented out by the hour. That's not going to be very common. You're not going to be able to just reach out to someone and just say, "Hey, can you can I hire you for a couple hours a month to look at my account, you know?" And that's not the way that things work because Highly efficient, well-experienced managers know that it there's a ton of knowledge that we've acquired that isn't just something that you can just put a price on. There's a ton that I can, I can deliver and other managers can deliver that can't be qualified by the number of hours or minutes that I look at something because someone who's not in my position would not be able to even see what I'm seeing or understand where to look. So that's not the kind of thing you can put a price on. So the best managers don't sell 
their time by the hour, but instead by the project. So by the project usually means based on budget. Typical budgeting, uh, typical fees range uh, from 10% to 25% of the overall monthly budget. So if someone's spending $1,000 a month, you might charge $100 to manage it. That'd be a 10% fee. If they're, if they're spending $1,000 and you have a 25% fee, then you would charge $250 for them, for you to manage their account. Back many years ago, about 15 years ago or so, I was working for an agency in the Dallas area and they charged 50%. So if a company had 10 grand to spend on Google ads, this company would charge them $5,000 and they would put $5,000 into the Google advertising. That's absolutely insane to me. It's crazy. It seems like an insane markup. I don't think that happens a lot anymore, but back many, many years ago, that definitely was something that happened a lot. Pretty common. Usually required a very high spend to be able to even be able to get away with something like that. So you need to decide what percentage you fall in, depending on how much of a value you are, how much of a asset you are to the company that's hiring you. 10% to 25%, there's a range there. I charge a flat rate fee. I don't charge percentages. And only time I do charge percentages is for any account that's above 50000 a month. So there, there's there's kind of a cutoff for me. At some point, you just need to start charging percentages and 50K a month is usually a good cutoff. Like, okay, now we're moving in percentage range because that's a very large spend uh, a month. So there's an idea. Usually I charge flat rate for anything less than 50K a month. So let's get into a little bit about how I started because I think that'll help you, Gus, and anyone else who's listening. I hope this is helpful to you kind of demystify this whole thing. I started originally back uh, Odesk, Elance. Those were the sites that I kind of cut my teeth on. I don't think that either one of them exists anymore. But contract sites were great for me. I charged, I think, about 25 an hour is what I started off with, just trying to get work. I had some clients, but I wanted more. started trying to get more work. I started 25 an hour. And then over the years, I moved up and I... I I figured out, you know, the crap clients out there are hiring at 25 an hour, but the ones I want are going to and want to pay more per hour. So I upped my hourly rate to, I think, over $100. And then once I got enough experience, had some people that liked me, and I started getting some traffic on my own on my own website, then I moved to flat rate. And back then, I started out at $150 for flat rate management for an account that's, you know, if you're spending uh, $1,000, $2,000, I think I charged 150 for management. And then if you go up above 2000, then my rate would kind of go up a little bit as that increased. And now just for perspective, I start at 600 a month. That's, I mean, it's not a secret. That's on my website. So that's my minimum base fee is 600 a month. So you can see there how I started with hourly, moved my hourly up, and then eventually moved to flat rate and got my own clients. And 
a reoccurring clientele and move to, to a much higher level. And that's it. That's how it works. So you need, there is no set amount that you should pick. I can't tell you what you're worth. You have to decide, you know, how much of a value you bring to clients and then work on being better at providing more and more value to those clients, because then eventually you'll be worth more. And I hope that is helpful to you. I hope this podcast helps you become more valuable because I do really like to speak to business, you know, people who want to start their own business, want to do Google ads for themselves. Because many, many years ago, before I decided to start my own business, I, I mean, I absolutely, the words came out of my mouth. I never want to work for myself. I always want to be an employee. I had always said that. And now, you know, been self-employed since 2009, 2008, 2009, can't remember. Going on all these years, I just can't imagine letting someone else determine what clients I take or how many, what hours I work or what decisions I make or what my strategies are or how I talk to a client. I can't imagine that anymore. And I would encourage any of you who are working for agencies, you know, it may seem terrifying starting a business and the risk and all that. It's, uh, I mean, this is a lot of things I encourage people on many times is that is a wonderful goal to be able to have that security, to be able to work for yourself, to have your own business. I would encourage you to do it and happy to offer some more advice. I do offer some consulting and stuff like that. You can find more on my website, but you know, I share plenty here. I share a lot here. Happy to do it. I hope this encourages some of you and you can go continue to lift the PPC world up with me. Okay. Topical discussion time. Beep, 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 beep. There's the music. You hear the music. It's coming in. I want to talk about the cheapest traffic on Google. You may say, Chris, why or what are you talking about? Cheapest traffic. I don't want cheapest traffic. I want good traffic. Well, sir, ma'am, I would lay forward the argument that some of the cheapest traffic on Google can still be worth it. Okay. And I want to lay out the whole mystery here in just a moment. Bear with me as I tell you again, real quick, optio.com slash PSP. I know that you hate hearing the ads. I keep ads to an absolute minimum. This advertiser has been with me and I spoke to them. I expect to continue my advertisement contract with them. They've been wonderful. And there's one reason why they keep trusting me to be able to share the product. And that's because you guys believe me. I absolutely love the trust that you have in sh put in me. And you know that I tell you the truth about things that I tell you from the bottom of my heart, everything I possibly can to help you succeed, help your clients succeed. So please know Optio is, it really is a wonderful tool and you really can try it for two months. Great team. I know the owner, the, the, I mean, the main head guy at Optio, I talked to him, very nice guy, always thinking. I can see, you know, you talk to someone, you see the gears in their head turning and you see the way they think and you're like, man, that guy thinks the way I want to think, you know, a smart guy, always moving forward, trying to figure out new ways to be the best tool out there, period. And boy, are they doing it. That's opteo.com slash PSP to finally take the leap and try it out. Okay. So are you ready? 
we're going to talk about the cheapest traffic on Google Ads. It, I admit, it was a little bit of a tease for me to say that it's the cheapest traffic on Google because this is not technically on Google. It's on Google Ads. It is the display network. I want to talk about the display network because the display network is very often ignored, and rightfully so. Most advertisers don't really have budget for it. They're not at the point where they should take money away from search ads and spend it on display. But oftentimes it is underserved because it has a... The potential for wasted clicks and wasted money on the display network is infinitely more risky than Google ads, search ads. Because you, when you make a mistake, when you choose the wrong thing, it's very hard to analyze where you went wrong or how it's wrong. And you get thousands upon thousands of impressions and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of clicks just immediately, instantly. And how do you analyze to that kind of volume? How do you know that it's good, that it's worth it? It can be very difficult. But I want to tell you eight ways to improve your display campaigns. Eight ways that you can keep your display campaigns to a minimum as far as the risk that's involved. Hopefully keep you from wasting money on Google Ads display campaigns. So... Let's take a quick step back and I'll tell you display campaigns are image ads that show on the Google network. So if you are checking the weather, if you're reading the news, if you are browsing a forum or, or shopping on a blog that's you know talking about the newest toys for Christmas this year and, and there's little things that pop up on the site and you notice something and you click on it, that will be... Very likely, a lot of times, it is Google Ads. It is a Google Ad-served ad. These are, of course, are made by advertisers. You use the Google Ad system to show your ad on websites, on mobile apps, on YouTube, on Gmail, on blogs, forums, news sites, weather, anywhere and everywhere. It serves a tremendous number of sites out there. Google has... Not only Google search, but they have a huge number of websites that opt in to show Google's display image ads on their site. So, the question is, should you use it? Eight reasons why I think you can improve your display traffic and it might be worth trying. So let's go through them, one through eight. Number one, you can target based on the person or the content of the page. On a display campaign, you can target people groups, people who are interested in pets, people who are interested in sports attire, people who are currently shopping for a vacation in the United States, out of the United States, people who are looking up flights, people who very often go on flights but aren't currently looking them up. These are options to target people, people groups, audiences, as Google calls them. On the flip side, you can target based on the content of the page. This is a person, regardless who it is, but they're viewing a page about pet clothing. This is a person who is viewing 
running shoes on a website. So you target the page itself and not necessarily the person. You have an option to do this. You can decide who or what you show on. There are some very precise targeting methods you can target based on keywords, audiences, topics, all these different things. In Google search, you choose a keyword, right? In Google search, you're like, okay, I want to show my ad. I have to pick a keyword to find people that are looking for my thing. And in Google ads display campaigns, you just say, anyone who has shown interest in this one thing, get my ads in front of them. Anyone who's looking at this kind of topic page, get my ads in front of them. Wonderful. The potential to show is phenomenal. All right, number two, you can target specific websites. I was recently doing a consulting session with someone and I helped them set up a specific display campaign that was targeting the New York Times. I mean, if you're going to buy some advertising directly from New York Times, you're going to have to spend a pretty, pretty hefty fee. But you can use Google Ads to target that specific site. Highly, highly popular, well-established news sites and other sites on the internet, many, many, many of them are available directly through Google Ads display campaigns. You can target those specific URLs. Very powerful. You didn't know that, you can. And we're talking five cents a click, 10 cents a click, maybe 30 cents a click. It depends on how specific and how aggressive and how small your targeting is, but it could be as low as one cent a click, two cents a click. It's all relative to what you're deciding to do and how specific you want to be, but we're talking cheap. $100 goes a long way when you're spending it by the penny. <laughs> that's pretty That's pretty affordable, right? And other people, number three, other things that other people say is, well, Chris, I did that once and all I got was a bunch of kid coloring apps and mobile apps and games and people playing blocks, you know, on their phones. And I don't want to show up for that. What a waste. What an absolute waste. Well, number three is you can block mobile apps entirely in display campaigns. Never show on a single one again. Don't send another, don't spend another penny on mobile apps. It can be done very, very easily. It's buried in, in the Google ad system, but it's in there and it's changed over the years. You have to make sure you're using the right way to do it because there's old blogs and videos out there that show the wrong way, but it is blockable. Absolutely can guarantee you will show never again on another mobile app. That's great. Cause if anybody who's tried this, you probably are shouting in the corner somewhere like, Oh my gosh, I didn't know that I'm going to get another try. Because if you've done Google Ads display campaigns in the past, you know that it can spend up to 80, 90% of your budget on mobile apps if you don't watch it. It can be very expensive and useless. All right, number four, you can show to people in specific areas during specific times of the day. Imagine you are a restaurant or an entertainment place of some kind and you want to show up right there at lunchtime. 
and try and get on people's phones in a specific zip code, specific area, certain times of the day. That's one example. There's tons of others, but you can specify exactly where it shows, how it shows, all that kind of stuff and pop up there. And we're talking very affordable, very affordable. All right, number five, you can prioritize your traffic using manual bids. Of course, you're going to hear Chris mention manual bids during an episode because I usually do because it's the best bidding strategy in the world and it works in display campaigns as well. You can prioritize your traffic by giving the targeted New York Times ad group a 50 cent bid and giving your audience targeted ad group a 10 cent bid. That will then prioritize your New York Times placement target much higher than your audience target. This is how you can prioritize your traffic, your spend in a display campaign. You don't have to just toss money at it and it just spends however it wants. You can take control. Manual bids is one way of doing that. My preferred way of doing that, really. That's how I, I, I prefer to do it that way. There's other methods you can use, but they're more complicated and I don't like them. Yeah, my show, I'm not going to give them any airtime. Don't like them. If you have opinions, please send them to me. Paid search podcast at gmail.com. I would love to argue with you. <laughs> All right, number six. You can create your own custom ads. You do not have to use responsive search, responsive display ads that Google really prefers that you use. You can create custom ads, custom designed by a graphic designer, your own messaging, all that kind of stuff. You have to follow Google's editorial guidelines, but you can still use that and have your own custom branding right there in front of people. Absolutely beautiful. Love it. I, I Many clients that I work with prefer to do that rather than just use the, you know, the, the, the very generic responsive search ads. Great option. Number seven, you can target based on age, gender, income, and even parental status. So a 35-year-old mom who is in this specific geographic area at this specific time of day that is, you know, within a certain income bracket, you could try and show her ads. Now, this is where it gets into things being more expensive. I mean, the more you narrow down and pigeonhole your targeting, it can cause a higher CPC level, but still the options are there. You have so much flexibility here, tons of flexibility. And because it's super cheap, you can test a lot of different things. This is great. This is something that's available in search, but man, search is such a smaller, more micro in the moment kind of search thing. And it's much more expensive. I mean, average cost per click for search is probably close to like two or $3 a click. There's much higher, much cheaper, but you know, maybe three, you know, three to $5 a click in display. The average cost per click has got to be like 10 cents, 25 cents, something like that. I mean, it should be very, very cheap for you. And last, number eight. This one's a big one. I don't really have any more to say than 
turn off optimized targeting in your display campaigns. If you don't know what that is, build a display campaign. And as you add a audience or a topic or something during that initial build out of your campaign, there will be a little checkbox that says optimized targeting is turned on. Check that box. The reason I tell you to do this is because if you want to only spend in a very cautious manner and not go outside the bounds that you have created, you have decided I want to show here and here and nowhere else, don't allow optimized targeting. Optimized targeting takes your ideas and broadens them, makes them much more expansive. And there is a time and place for that. But if you're starting on this, you've been burned before, that may not be the place that you want to allow leniency at this point. So you can improve your traffic simply by turning off optimized targeting and being very purposeful about what you're targeting, who you're targeting, when you're targeting. Could be a great option for you. Could make all the difference in the world. Other people I found get huge success. I'm thinking of one company I work with that does a huge amount of YouTube and display and they use optimized targeting and it works wonderfully for them. They're using automated bids and optimized targeting and great. This isn't for them. Good job, guys. I'm talking to the rest of the world, the rest of the world who doesn't have that amazing display a YouTube campaign running. Turn off optimized targeting. And with that, that is the end of the show. I appreciate you guys to stick away, stick around to the very end. I want to remind you, I do appreciate ratings and reviews. If you can just say, hey, thanks, Chris, for all the years of content. Thanks for continuing to crank this out every single week. Give me a five star. Give me something. Give me a review on whatever you're listening. If you're on YouTube, thumbs up, subscribe. I appreciate it. I will be back next week, as I always am. Send your questions in. Follow me on Twitter, whatever you like. And if not, I'll catch you next week. Have a good one.